Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. So, if you're not already a member of our pod squad, it's just a free Facebook group where like people who listen to the podcast hang out. You definitely need to be. It's a great, wonderful place to connect with like-minded people who are into self-improvement and they're podcast listeners. And as you know, because you listen to podcasts, we're a type and it's really cool to hang out with other types like ourselves because we're cool people. So I want to invite you to do that. And the reason why I mention it is because today's episode is because so many of you in the pod squad have asked that my husband, Brett, come back on and talk about money, specifically like how to get started with investing. And I know that some of you, like you're just trying to get to a place where you've got your head above water. You want to get out of debt. Well, so much of this applies because what Brett likes to help people understand is that if you can get your money to make you money, you don't have to work so hard to get out of debt. You don't have to work so hard because your money can start to work for you. And we talk a lot about prosperity mindset and the consciousness that you need to develop around your beliefs when it comes to the type of life that you deserve. A lot of it boils down to money, not the love of money. I mean, I still want you to love God, but you have to understand how money is an energy and you deserve to have as much energy as you need, all the energy that you desire. So today, I'm going to let Brett take it over and talk to you about some of the basics regarding investing and taking care of your money. Hello, this isn't Shalene, this is Brett, her husband, and I will be hijacking, taking over, whatever you want to call it, the Shalene show today. You know, a lot of people start to think about their past year around this time, around the holidays, and they start to think about, gosh, I wish I would have started saving a little bit earlier in the year. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late. You should always be thinking about your future, your retirement, and start a plan ASAP. And if you're thinking you're, well, I'm just too old to start now, you're false. It's completely false. You just need to start, get a plan, have an idea of where you want to be in 10, 15, 20 years. And obviously, the earlier you start, the better, but starting is the key. So I just wanted to touch on a few points first, and I want to go over Let's just say everybody's, well, not everybody's goal, but let's just start with like a million dollar earner goal type of deal. And I want to kind of go over seven types of income and some percentages, which are, I'm going to actually read you the percentages first before I read you the seven types of income, just so that your brain is kind of thinking. Because a lot of you will have one or two, maybe three or four of these different forms of income. But just so you understand that, there's seven of them, and 65% of self-made millionaires have three of these seven. And you're like, what, what, what seven? I want to give you the percentages first so that when I'm reading them off, you're like, oh, I have that one. Oh, I have that. Oh, I could get that one really easily. So 65% of self-made millionaires have three of these seven. 45% of self-made millionaires have four of these seven, and 29% have five or more. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's figure out like, what are these income things? No, number one, most of us have. Most of us that are in the workplace will have number one. Number one is called earned income. And basically earned income is your J-O-B. It's your time for money. What you're doing 
on a daily basis to earn money. So it's very straightforward. If you're trading your time for money, that's your earned income. Super simple. Number two is a profit income. Now what's profit income? Here is where our entrepreneurs live. So number two, kind of think of profit income is kind of where our entrepreneur life starts to begin. So that means we're selling something, whether it's a service or a product for more than it costs. So this could be, you know, let's just say hypothetically, you have a widget and you bought the widget in America or China or Taiwan or Mexico or wherever you're sourcing your product and you bought it for $3 and you're selling it for 10 right? And then you factor in all your costs and, you, and you're making a profit on that. It also could be something where like Shalene and I do is where we sell a lot of our online products. So we actually have a lot of costs in those online products at the beginning. But once we create that online product and we continually sell it and we figure out other ways to sell it, it kind of can become passive, which is exactly what you want. A lot of times this profit income can also be set up to where it's a passive income as well. You know, So for instance, you have this widget and you're selling it on Shopify and you're running maybe ads to it or you're using your Instagram or your Facebook or just whatever, your email list to sell this product and you're actually creating income. You know, you're with your family and you check your Shopify site at the end of the weekend and all of a sudden you've made 15 or 20 sales. So it can be set up to where it's passive. But profit income is you're selling something that's a service or a product and you're selling that for a profit. Okay, so that's number two. Number three is interest income. Interest income is basically very simple, straightforward. It's 100% passive. You're lending money. You're lending money to somebody for something, whether it's for a business or maybe a, a real estate deal or just whatever it might be. And you're getting interest income back from that. So for instance, you give somebody $100 and they're going to pay you back with interest. That interest is income. And obviously it's passive because you're just lent the money. You're just waiting for it to come back. Okay. So that's interest income. That's the first three, earned profit interest. Number four is dividend income. Dividend income is for my stockholders, people that have already been invested in the stock market and they are investing in dividend stocks. Now, there are two different types of stocks. You have a stock that every quarter they pay you a dividend for owning that stock. For example, Apple, they will pay you a dividend to own their stock. And then, for example, that one that doesn't is something like uh, Tesla or Amazon. They don't pay a dividend, so you wouldn't be getting income from them. What that means is if I own in my portfolio dividend stocks is every quarter, they're going to pay you a percentage and it's basically a yield. You don't need to know that. But if you look up a stock and it says it yields this percent and they're going to pay you a certain percentage of how many shares you own and you get dividend from it. I mean, it's basically, if you want to Google Warren Buffett dividend stocks, it's I think he makes something like, it's ridiculous. It's like, I want to say it's almost like a billion dollars a year just on dividends. So that means the stock that he owns, he's paid back like a billion dollars. It's crazy, but it's a way to create more income. It's called dividend income. That was number four. Number five are for our real estate owners, our asset owners, people that own property and they rent. So this is rental income. 
So this is, you have this asset, whether it's a house or a building or whatever, and you're renting it to somebody else and they're paying you for that rental space, right? Rental income, very straightforward. Not everybody has it, but obviously for those of you that do, it's a great way to add income. Number six is capital gains. And capital gains is when you sell something, when you sell an asset. So for instance, if you were in the stock market and you had a stock and it was doing really, really well, and you were following Brett's recipe for success where, you know, if a stock almost, if it goes up 50%, you should take some profits. Well, those are capital gains and you have to pay taxes on that, but it's also money that now it's, it's yours. If the stock goes down, it doesn't matter. You've already sold that stock. That money is yours, right? So another form of capital gains is for any of you that have you know recently sold a house or you've ever sold a property. And let's say, for instance, you bought the house for $200,000 and you sold it for $225,000. Your capital gains would be two hundred or $225,000 minus $200,000 for a capital gains of $25,000. So that's the way to think of capital gains. And the seventh and final is royalty income. And what is royalty income? That's when somebody uses your product or maybe invention, or it could even be a digital product, right? Somebody uses it. So you're kind of like licensing it to them. And then they are taking all of the risk and responsibility and getting it out there. And what they'll do is they'll pay you a smaller percentage for the work that you know they're buying from you. Super cool. Obviously, you don't have to do any work. You've already created it. And all you're doing is getting, you know, depending on how the contract is set up, maybe it's a monthly, maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's annually, you're getting money from that, lending that to somebody else, right? So there's the seven. And like I said before, 65% have of self-made millionaires have three, 45% of self-made millionaires have four, and 29% of self-made millionaires have five. Now, why do I start this conversation off with? Because whenever I talk to somebody about investing, they're always like, I just want to be able to you know, get a million dollars, or I want to be a million dollar earner. And that might not be your thing. But if you look at these seven things and you're like, you know what? I have one or two of these right now, but I could easily get to three or four. And you know, maybe your goal isn't to become a millionaire or but it's just to be happy and successful. And then all of a sudden you start adding to these things. The next thing you know, you're a millionaire. You're not going to give the money back, right? So it's just a way to kind of gauge where you're at. It's not a hundred percent like, you know, there's some people out there that, you know, do one of these things and make a million dollars a year. So it's not like you have to do them, but it's definitely a way to gauge where you're at and just kind of see where you are with, in regards to everybody else, I will tell you that Shalene and I have all seven. And it wasn't one of those things that we set out for. I didn't even know about these seven things until a few years ago when I started doing some research and passively, you know, how to make more money, make our money work for ourselves. That's the key is when you can start generating some wealth that you can let that money work for you. What does that mean? What does that mean, Brad? Work for you. It means that through investing, you start to see dividends returned. You start to see companies that you invest in the stock market or an ETF or 
you know, retirement that you start seeing that money start working for it and you start getting those dividends and all you're doing is not, you're not taking that money and spending it on something. You're just reinvesting it. And that's when it starts to compound that compound interest time over time, over time starts to add up and it becomes almost a little bit addicting, but addiction in a good way. Cause let me tell you, we're on the Schleen show and it's been discussed before, but for those of you that don't know, once I finished playing sports, I fell into a massive addiction of gambling and it was horrific and I had to do a ton of therapy to get through it. And, you know, it's an addiction just like any other addiction where it stems from something that's happened to you. It's a disease and you have to figure out, you know, the root of it and why you're not happy and why you're trying to make yourself miserable. (laughs) But that's the bottom line is that once I went to therapy and got through therapy and was able to understand why I was doing this to myself. And I wasn't trying to hurt my family, but I was, and that was the worst part about it. Cause you know, I don't want to say my goal, but it wasn't my intention is the better word. My intention was never to hurt my family, but I was, and I needed to get help. And once I got help, all I did was after understanding it and learning, wow, you know what? I need to channel this somewhere else. Cause when I was in athletics, I was able to channel it there. And then once athletics was gone, I had nowhere to channel it. And so I went into an addictive mode of gambling and it just got spiraled worse and worse and worse and caused major problems. And once I was able to fix my brain in my thought pattern and why I was doing it, I just channeled that energy into not gambling our wealth away, gambling our money away. But I was, I took that addiction and said, I want to make us money. And that's so it became addicting. So it's actually a good thing because now I understand like, okay, the idea is to make money, live a great life, you know, do all the fun things, but then also be disciplined enough to put enough away where I can make that money grow, grow, grow for the family. And it's way more rewarding to see your investments and your bank account and your net worth go up rather than worrying about like gambling and spending things. And I mean, there's tons of addictions. I mean, there's alcohol, there's drug. I mean, there's people that are shopping just, there's all kinds of addictions out there. And if you are struggling with one, my suggestion is to get help immediately and make sure that you stop telling secrets and, you know, you get help and ask for help because the people that love you want to help you. That's number one. So I digress. We will now jump back into a couple of things that people were asking about is like, okay, so where do I start? Because that's where a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that ask me questions are, you know, they haven't even started yet. So what I did was, I want to tell you right up front, Shalene and I have financial advisor. I am not a financial advisor and nor am I a CPA. So I can't give you tax advice. I'm not here to give you, tell you what stocks or what ETFs or what mutual funds to do. I'm going to talk to you about platforms and I want you to do your own research. Now, I'm going to give you suggestions. I'm going to tell you Shalene and I's top stocks and you might look at them and go, well, wait a second, those are all doing really well. But all of these stocks we started investing in years and years and years ago. And somebody asked me like, oh, well, those look really good right now, but 
what would you invest in right now? And I'm like, I would still invest in those. Those are our top holdings. Those are the ones I think are the best companies. And so I did some research because I'm not on the Robinhood app. And what Robinhood is an app where you can beginners. It's a great place to start. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's a great place to start for beginners. If I was doing this all over again and I didn't have a financial advisor and I was starting from ground zero, I would start with the Robinhood app. Why? Because it's commission-free. So there's no commissions. They actually, they were the ones that started the commission-free trading platforms where like all the big ones, like they had to jump on, they had to to compete, you know, so E-Trade and Ameritrade and all these different financial services, financial platforms had to go to like zero commissions and it worked. And Robinhood, what they did, they're an industry upsetter. So they went into an industry and they upset it, right? So the reason why I like it, even though I don't use it, is because I don't consider myself a beginner, but it's awesome for beginners. Like I said, it has no commissions. You have the ability to do fractional share buying. What is fractional share buying? That means like if you want to invest in Amazon and Amazon's trading at 3,200 and some odd dollars per share. And you're like, I don't have that kind of money. You can maybe buy a hundred dollars of a share of Amazon, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to have $3,200 to buy one share. You can invest in fractional parts of that company. Hopefully that makes sense. If not, you can always look up what a fractional share is by just Googling it, but it's pretty straightforward. It's just like, it's a way to invest in companies that have you know, high prices and you want to still own a piece of it. The other thing is, is that if you put in cash, so for instance, if you have like a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and you haven't bought a stock yet, they have a nice little high yield cash thing. So it's better than like a savings account. It's a little bit like another company that I've recommended in the past, which is really good too, is called Wealthfront. So what they do is they, well, the money is sitting in your account waiting to get it invest you'll make interest off of it. And it's a lot higher than any kind of like checking or savings account that like your bank has. So you might as well, if you do Robinhood, you might as well link it up to your bank account, which you can, which obviously that's the way you transfer money back and forth to the platforms. And they make it very simple. The app itself is very, very good in terms of teaching you and making you feel comfortable about your trade And they have tons of research on there. They give you analysts. It's very simple to like, you can read like how the stock has traded over the last 52 weeks. You can even go in there and click and see, you know, what the range has been for the last three years or five years. It gives analysts updates, like how many analysts think that this is a good stock or a bad stock and all that good stuff gives it like a little synopsis of the company. My suggestion though, for beginners that are just starting off, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like I always say, invest in things that you use. So, I mean, if you're buying uh, Nike shoes and Lululemon tights and you shop at Starbucks and you have an Apple phone, there you go. There's four stocks right there for you, right? And you get packages from Amazon and you see a UPS truck every day. I mean, invest in companies that you know that are going to be around and you see them all the time. They're not going out of business. They're well-run companies. Yeah, they might have a quarter that's bad or two quarters that bad, but in the long run, you know, they're going to win for you, right? 
So the Robinhood app, great, easy to navigate. They give you the great info on all the stocks that you might want to look at. And they do have an option if you'd like, and it's literally a $5 fee per month, right? So that's 60 bucks a year to have a trading platform. Now you don't have to, Robinhood's free. You can go download it right now. There's no like minimum that you can start with or anything like that. You, you can deposit, you know, hundred bucks today and start trading tomorrow, but they do give you great info on the stocks, but the membership is $5 a month. So 60 bucks a year. And what that gives you is the ability to a little bit more data. So a little bit more research. So it's just like anything else. Like, you know, you're going to pay a small fee, but you're going to get a little bit more. It also, which is if you want this, but you know, like I said, this is an app for people that are beginners. If you're doing larger deposits, the money is made available to you quicker. I don't know what quicker means. I think it probably means that, you know, they don't give you a range, but depending on the deposit size. So for instance, if you have a couple hundred bucks in your Robinhood account, and all of a sudden you want to deposit $5,000, that's kind of like, you know, red flag, red flag, red flag. So they might hold your money for, you know, 48 hours just to make sure that the transaction is secure. But I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? That's just security, especially in this day and age with all the fraud that can happen online, right? So with that gold account, five bucks a month, your deposits will be made like almost instantaneously. So a lot quicker. And like, again, they'll give you a lot more research, a lot more data to look at the stock. So you might want to just start off with Robinhood as a free service, get used to it. And you're like, Hey, I want to dive in. I want a little bit, you know, know a little bit more and then upgrade to that. It's called gold five bucks a month. No big deal. I want to share a special note of gratitude to our show sponsors, because without them, we would not have the type of team that we have devoted to, to taking care of you. So a special thank you to our friends at Trophy Skin. Trophy Skin is the company that I have really credit with helping me bring the largest organ in my body back into optimal health. And that's my skin. I never really thought much about my skincare, I was always like, well, you know, it's genetics. What can I do about it? And I didn't have much of a skincare routine at all. Now I have got some great tools that mean I don't have to go to the spa. I don't have time. I don't know if you do, but I, I just don't have time to go and do all the treatments. I would much rather do them at home. Great tools that I would like to share with you. The latest of which is the Ultra Microderm MD. It's this very compact little machine I've been using it. You've probably seen it on my Instagram stories. It is a wonderful tool that allows you to slough away dead cells. It brightens up your skin. It's basically microdermabrasion that you can do at home, but it also has light therapy and this really cool wand that removes blackheads and any dirt and grime and clogged pores. It's an amazing tool. It's like having an esthetician at your fingertips. Second favorite is probably the Brighten MD. First of all, it's really tiny and it uses these microcurrent stimulations to improve the appearance of the skin that you have around your eyes and your face and your neck. And I want to thank our friends at Trophy Skin because they are hooking you up, lifers. You get 30% off. Do not forget this code. The code is LIFER. And you go to Trophy Skin, just like it sounds, trophyskin.com. When you check out, use the code LIFER because, hello, you want that 30% off. Their prices are great, anyways, but. When you look at the prices and then you go, wait, plus I get 30% off, it's huge. All right, you can also take their skin care assessment quiz and that's going to help you figure out which one of the tools or which of their products are going to be best for you. 
specific to your skin type. All right, super helpful. The other company I want to thank for sponsoring our show is My Soul CBD. I love My Soul CBD. My favorite are the Dream Capsules. I'm fully committed to them. I take two to three of them every single night. And I'm a really big fan of the My Soul CBD gummies. You kind of look forward to having gummies every day. They're quite yummy. There are plenty of reasons why I recommend My Soul CBD, but the most important of which are their quality, that they do third-party lab testing. That's really important to me. You know that. Also, there's no THC. So, you know, if your company drug tests, you don't have to worry about it. You can't get high. It's perfectly safe. It's safe for you. It's safe for your kids. It's safe for your pets. It helps the central nervous system because CBD recalibrates homeostasis, and that's why it's been known to help people with stress, anxiety, focus, sleep. And you think, well, how could one element help all those things? Well, because again, it starts at the central nervous system. Anyways, My Soul CBD is all USA grown. It's organically farmed. It's gluten-free. It's a great company. They love lifers. That's why, again, you want to use the code LIFER and you'll get 20% off when you go to mysoulcbd.com. Now, if you fall in love with the product, get on their subscription plan, but just remember that you don't get the discount for being on subscription plus the Lifer subscription. You kind of have to pick one or the other, so just keep that in mind. So if you're a first-time order, obviously use Lifer for 20% off. You will love it, so go to mysoulcbd.com, enter the code Lifer for 20% off. The other one that I have and Brock and Sierra, our kids have, is E-Trade. Another great one. It's free to start. Great information. You know, it's a little bit more. I would think that I've been on Robinhood and I've been on E-Trade. It's going to be a little bit more confusing. E-Trade is going to be a little bit more harder. E-Trade expects you already know a certain things where Robinhood really walks you through it. So E-Trade is just another one. It's all same thing, commission-free, nothing to set it up, low cost entry. They don't hit you for any fees or anything like that. So either one of those, or, you know, if you have a lot of money, and when I say a lot of money is when, you know, if you get to the point where you're investing $25,000, $50,000 and you're ready to do that, you might want to look into a financial advisor, or if you feel comfortable doing it yourself, get yourself a Robinhood or E-Trade account and start your investing right away. Now, the last one that I'm going to kind of do a review in terms of an app is Acorns. And Acorns, I want to just tell you right off the bat, I would only recommend this for somebody that is just starting out. This would be great way for your kids to get, you know, start investing or your college age kids or even, you know, young adults, early 20s or something like that. And they they just never have been, they've never learned how to save. And that's basically all it is. It's a savings account type of app. What they do is they specialize in rounding up your purchases. So let's say for instance, and there's different settings in there. It's very easy to navigate. You literally could YouTube how Acorns works and you know every YouTube shows you the app and it's just super simple. So you know, this is how it works. So let's say for instance, you go to Starbucks and you buy a drink and it costs you $4.50 and you pay $4.50 with your credit card that credit card is linked to your Acorns account, right? So I use my American Express. I pay $4.50 in your Acorns account. It says round up to the nearest dollar. So the, what would happen is 
50 cents would go into your Acorns account and you'd be charged on your American Express five bucks. So it's basically a way to like just start saving without even thinking about it. And there's different like multipliers. So you're going to be like, oh, I want to save a little bit more aggressively. So you could like 2X that. So what would that be? So like it was 50 cents. So 2X would be a dollar. So now a dollar goes into that Acorn account. And basically Acorns invest the money for you. You don't even have to pick anything. There's no picking individual stocks. So it's really simple. You just set, there's like five settings and the five settings are like what's your risk tolerance. So it's like moderate, moderate, aggressive, aggressive, conservative, you know, so there's like these five different ways and they literally, you just toggle one of those things and invest the money for you, right? Into ETFs and index funds and such like that. So you're not buying individual stocks. So it's awesome thing for that young student. I mean, I think it would be amazing for anybody, high school and college has, you know, a job and they're earning income and, you know, they go out to dinner and they spend 20 bucks and $20 and 10 cents and they round up to $21. So 90 cents goes in acorns and they're just investing, right? That's it. It's just a way to get started and they can start seeing how investing early totally, totally helps, right? So I just said something there that maybe you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? ETFs. So ETFs are things called exchange trade funds, exchange traded funds. And the reason why these are really good, especially for beginners, because they have low fees. So they're not like mutual funds that have really high fees and they're liquid. What does liquid mean? It means a lot of times in mutual funds, you can't like trade them without getting a penalty. It takes while for them to like, if you put money in a mutual fund, you got to sell it. And then it, you know, they'll take fees and it might take a couple of days for it to the transaction to go through. ETFs are just like stocks in terms of like your liquid. And I don't want to get too like into the weeds with them, but basically there's two different types of ETFs. There's market ETFs and market ETFs are basically the four major markets. So the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Russell. And they're just basically, they just trade with those. So for instance, if you really think that like, you know, tech stocks are going to do really well, you might want to just buy the whole ETF of the NASDAQ. And is if when the NASDAQ goes up, your portfolio goes up. So you're investing in all the stocks in the NASDAQ or you're investing all of the stocks in the Dow just by buying that ETF. And then the other ETF thing, right? So that was ETF market. There's only four of them. And the other one is, is ETF sector. And sector, just think of like, okay, it's just a grouping of stocks. So like it's a grouping of the financial stocks. So I'm going to buy the ETF of financial stocks or the ETF of technology stocks or the ETF of healthcare stocks, right? So you just buy that sector because you like that sector. You think that it's going to do really well. And, but the nice thing about that is you can always sell it and change into the ETFs. And again, they have very, very small fees. It's a great way to start. You literally can look up in terms of the sector ETFs, you can look up and go, oh, so this ETF has this stock. Guys, there's like 1,200 of these things, 1,200 ETFs. So you can look at them. When you click on the ETF, it literally gives you the list of the stocks that are in it, it gives you the percentage that they're invested. So obviously, 
we're always working with 100%. So like if you buy a certain ETF, it might say like, oh, it's got 6% of this ETF is Tesla and 4% of this ETF is Apple. You know, so it just gives you a big list and there'll be not hundreds, but there'll be tons of stocks in there. Some of them you never even heard of. And some of them are, you know, obviously major companies. And, you, you know, that's a great way to get started without having that scariness of like, oh my God, I just picked three stocks. I hope they do well, right? And if you do that, if you get into just stock picking, like you're just picking a stock, my suggestion is you're always diversified, meaning that you're just not all in one sector, right? So if you do ETFs, I don't want you to pick the financials ETF. I want you to pick four or five of them. So if one goes down, the other four are still there to hold you up, right? And it's the same thing with like picking stocks. You don't want to pick all the same sectors. You don't want, you know, all your money into the energy stocks, or you don't want all your money into financial stocks or healthcare stocks or technology stocks, right? So that's always number one. I know everybody's probably heard that is always be diversified, but I'm here to tell you it's a big thing. Now, another tip. So those are the tips on just kind of like investing. This next tip is for everybody. And then I'm going to give you one for people that own your own corporation. You're an entrepreneur, a way to start saving money right now for retirement. Okay. So let's start with the one. This is for everybody. There's nobody listening to this that this doesn't apply to. So in my opinion, I want you to stop using debit cards. And the reason why I don't want you to use debit cards, because it doesn't make any sense because your debit card is linked to your bank account, right? So we're going to use Bank of America, right? So let's say you Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Chase or US Bank or wherever bank you bank at, right? So you have your debit card and it's linked to your account and you go out and you buy something and you use your debit card, right? Well, it just comes immediately out of your checking account or whatever it's linked up to, right? But what if you had a cashback credit card, right? So you have a cashback credit card and every time you make that purchase, you're getting a percent back of the purchase. And let me tell you, some of these cashback credit cards, you can toggle with them. You can make up to three to 4% on certain purchases. Typically the good ones, and I'm going to give you four or five of them to look into are going to average you two to 3% cash back. And you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal, but it is. It adds up over the course of the year, especially if you're using these credit cards for business or you're just using it to book travel or whatever. If you're using your debit card all the time, you're basically losing two to 4%. Why lose two to 4% when you can make two to 4% cash, right? And the great thing about these things, it's tax-free money. The government, the IRS looks at this as like a rebate. So you're not taxed on it. So if you, at the end of the year, have used your cashback credit card and you're like, wow, I've made $500, that's 500 bucks. They'll send you a check. They'll send you whatever, and you will not have to pay taxes on it. So a couple great ones right off the bat. Now you might say, well, what about paying them off? Yeah, you got to pay them off. So for example... If you are using your debit card, you can go to your statement and look, and let's say you're spending, I mean, the average household spend is like $3,200, right? So you just add up all your stuff, your groceries, your gas, your, and you can link everybody to it. 
So, you know, your husband can link to the credit card. Everybody can link to this one credit card, right? So all your personal expenses are going off that, you know, you booked a trip, you booked this, you go out to dinner, you do this, you groceries, you, you know, everything that you need to do, right? If you're spending it on a debit card, you're just paying that and it's coming out of your account. So what you do is you get yourself a cash back credit card, you use your cash back credit card. And then at the end of the month, you just go into that account that, you know, your debit card and you just pay it off. You just pay it off at the end of the month. So that way you're never getting any interest. You're only getting the cash back. Now, if you're one of those people like I ain't disciplined to do that, there's no chance that I'm going to be able to pay that off at the end of the month because I just won't do that. I'll just let it go. Then you can't do cash back because the interest rate on it will be way more than two to 4% and you'll actually be, you know, putting yourself in debt. And I don't want you to do that. But if you can get to the point where you're disciplined, use your cash back card, Let me give you a couple of them that I like. And again, this is another one of those things that you can always Google, right? You know, Google like to date top cashback credit cards. And during this time when banks are trying just to get your business, they're given all kinds of deals and offers. So just make sure that you're looking for the best one and that suits you and your family's interest. Because some give you a lot more cashback for you know, everyday household, you know, gas, groceries, and some give you more for entertainment, travel. So you just got to look at them. But here are some great ones. And I'm sure that our team will put these in the show notes. But Capital One Saver is a great one. Chase Freedom, Discover It, City Double Cash Card, and Alliant Cashback Visa. So those are just some great ones. And again, just to reiterate, let's stop using debit cards. If we can be disciplined, let's start getting that cash back. I know it's two to 4%, but it all adds up. I mean, just think about it. If you use your cash back credit card all year long, for example, let's just say, hypothetically, you started with a cash back credit card on January 1st, 2020, and you used it for the whole year. And around Thanksgiving, when you go to start purchasing you know, holiday gifts, whatever. You had 750, 800 bucks cash back, right? Sitting in that account, you could pay for all of your holiday gifts, all your Christmas gifts with the money that you saved. And all you did was just use a different form of payment. You didn't do anything. You didn't even have to save anything. You just used a different form of payment and you were rewarded with two to 4% back for doing that. It's a no-brainer in my mind. If you can be disciplined enough to pay that credit card off every single month, go for it. And those are some good ones. And I'd love to see you start doing that. Okay, the next thing is for all of our entrepreneurs who own their own business, have their own corporation, LLC, and it's called the Define Benefit Plan. And it is so good, especially if you don't have employees. So you or you and your spouse are the only ones that are on that LLC. If your corporation, you only have one corporation and all of your employees are in it, I would even look into possibly creating another LLC that's just you or just you and your spouse because then you can qualify for the defined benefit plan. You can still get a defined benefit plan with employees, but the only problem with that is that you have to offer it to your employees too, which then there's going to be lots of costs involved. So Shalene and I have, I think, six corporations right now. A couple of them, her and I are the only ones that are on it. So we just used those LLCs for a defined benefit plan. But the defined benefit plan, here's what happens. 
it blows away 401ks. It blows away any of that kind of stuff, right? Any kind of retirement a defined benefit plan for owners, entrepreneurs, it is a must. Please talk to your CPA about it, your accountant about it. If they're confused and they don't know what a defined benefit plan is, my suggestion would be you might want to look for a new CPA. That's just my professional opinion, right? So what is it? Okay. I'm just going to tell you like how much savings and how much wealth you can generate by having a defined benefit plan. So let's say for instance, at the end of the year, you make $100,000, right? And you are going to be taxed on $100,000. That is your taxable income, right? So what does the defined benefit plan do for that? Well, let's say for instance, the defined benefit plan, it's a calculator. So what does that mean? A calculator? You don't do it or your CPA doesn't do it. It's run by the government. There's an outside agency and you turn in like, okay, they made $100,000. What can their contribution to their defined benefit plan be? That's the key word, contribution. So they come back and they're like, okay, they can contribute $30,000 to their defined benefit plan, right? So now you put $30,000 into your defined benefit plan, which is a retirement, which is making money. It's investing. So that's $30,000 that you're going to be investing. And what it does is it knocks your taxable income down to 70. Yes. So it takes the hundred, subtracts the 30, and now you're only paying taxes on the 70,000 and you're investing the 30. And you're like, okay, well, wait a second. Well, they're going to tax that 30% at some point. Yes. They're going to tax it when you retire and you use the money. But at that point, you are going to be in a less stressed income bracket. When you're making money and you're working and you're running a business, you're at your highest tax bracket. When you are retired, you're at your lowest tax bracket. So then when you take the money out of that to use it for retirement, that money will be taxed at the current tax bracket. But the good thing is, is if you start this early enough, you're making money off of that right now. That 30,000 doesn't just sit there to your, whenever you retire, that $30,000 is making you money every single year. They're investing it for you. And a lot of times they invest it for you. So they kind of put it in because it's a retirement fund. You also tell them, I want to be conservative. I want to be aggressive. I want to be moderately aggressive or whatever it might be. And that hundred percent is determined by your risk reward tolerance. So if you're young and you're like, you're listening to this and you're in your thirties and you're like, I'm getting this defined benefit plan and give me aggressive. Cause I'm not planning on retiring for the next 20 or 25 years. So put me in aggressive, right? Other way you might be in your late forties and you're like, I'm going to be retiring in the next 12 years and I'm going to start this, but I want to be more moderate, right? Because I don't want to lose too much money because, you know, obviously your time to make it up is less when you start investing later. That's why they always say, you always hear people preach, like start investing early because it makes a huge difference because it's all about compounding and how many years you can get that money working for yourself. That's the key. So I want you to look into the defined benefit plan. The only problem is depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in the last couple months of the year, so November or December, it's usually too late to apply it to that current year. So for example, I am recording this in November of 2020. You wouldn't be able to use the defined benefit plan for 2020. Now, with the way 2020 has been going and COVID and all that kind of stuff like that, look into it. 
call immediately your accountant and see, because you might be able to cut off this year might be December 1st or something like that. And if it is, get your butt signed up for it. It's just basically a form, right? That you fill out. And the only reason why they don't allow it like all the way through the year is because obviously it's run by the IRS. It's run by the government. So they have rules and regulations and they would rather tax you on that extra money on that hundred thousand dollars than, you know, give you this, you know, great plan. But anyway, look into it with your CPA. I don't know. They might've extended the deadline this year. I just know that it was when we did this, we were told we needed to get it in before the last couple months of the year. So, and, but that was, you know, like I said, like five or six years ago, it might've changed, but I want you to look into it, talk to your CPA, talk to your accountant and get that figured out. So those are a couple things. I did want to kind of just do a quick recap because we talked about a lot of stuff. So, you know, Hopefully when you listen to this, you had some pen and paper out. And if you didn't, maybe you could go back and think about like, okay, how many of the levels, seven levels of income did I have and how many do I want? And maybe you could start putting together a goal or a way to get a couple of those, right? If you just start investing in individual stocks and you decide like tomorrow, I'm going to deposit some money into Robinhood or E-Trade. And my first five stocks I'm going to buy are Microsoft, Starbucks, Apple, maybe Bank of America, and throw out another one, maybe Walmart or something like that, whatever. And you invest in those five stocks. I believe all five of those stocks that I just named off are all dividend stocks. So boom, you just created yourself number four on the list. You just started creating dividend income for yourself. All right. So start looking at those top seven and figure out like, you know, how can I add more to those, right? Robinhood, I got a ton of questions on Robinhood. I hadn't really done a lot of research on it. That was my research. I watched a ton of YouTube videos and from highly rated YouTubers. And the consensus was, was, wow, this is great for beginner trainers, right? Free commissions. We went over all everything. Give you a little bit of just like what an ETF is. So you feel comfortable about that. That's one of those things that if you're not comfortable just investing in individual stocks, it's a great way to go. ETFs, Acorns, definitely for the younger trader, somebody that doesn't even know about savings, just something to get people started, get them something excited and thinking about that. And then obviously the last thing is, oh, obviously the cashback credit cards, give you a list of those. Hopefully you take advantage of that, start saving money there. And then the last but not least, the defined benefit plan, look into it with your CPA, your accountant, and let's start saving some money. Let's build that nest egg up so that the next time something happens where you're caught in a situation where you need some extra money, you have that little nest egg, you have that retirement, you have that extra income that's just sitting there building wealth for yourself. So when you retire, you're retiring more comfortably and less stress. And it takes a little time, but everybody can get there. And just, even if you, right now you're like, I'm in debt. I just need to get out of debt. Well, get yourself out of debt and start putting a little bit away. Maybe it takes some discipline and maybe right now you have a little bit of a problem, right? Maybe your problem isn't as quite like mine was like a massive gambling addiction, but maybe it's just like, I spend a little too much money on shopping. I spend a little too much money going out, you know, just start cutting back in places where you can save and it takes time, but you'll get there. 
100%. I'm confident that you'll get there. So, well, you guys keep giving us great ideas on the pod squad and that really helps us. It really helps Shalene and I, because I mean, she's doing a ton of shows and it really helps with like, you know, when you jump into that pod squad and you're like, Hey, I really want you to do more episodes on this or that. And we're reading those things because I was told by our podcast manager, Kristen was like, Hey, Brett, we're getting a lot of people wanting to talk about you to come on and talk about finances and investing and that kind of stuff. So boom, here we are. So I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or you're like, I didn't understand that. I'm very, very accessible on Instagram. If you just DM me, I will get back to you. And it's Brett Johnson 11, right? And it's Brett with one T. My parents couldn't afford the second T, but I can afford maybe two or three T's. So maybe I'll change my name to Brett with three T's, right? It's a joke. But anyway, check me out, Brett Johnson 11. If you have any questions or you want to run any ideas by me. Now, remember, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a tax person, right? So don't ask me tax questions. Got it? All right. You guys have a great week and start investing.